Welcome to Nisha's Narrative, Christmas Edition, with Shadows Pub. Today I'm bringing you another Lucy Maud Montgomery short story, Ida's New Year Cake. Mary Craig, Sarah Reed, and Josie Pyle had all flocked into Ida Mitchell's room at their boarding house to condole with each other because none of them was able to go home for New Year's. Mary and Josie had been home for Christmas, so they didn't really feel so badly off. But Ida and Sarah hadn't even that consolation. Ida was a third-year student at the Clifton Academy. She had holidays and nowhere, so mournfully she affirmed to spend them. At home, three brothers and sisters were down with the measles, and as Ida had never had them, she could not go there, and the news had come too late for her to make any other arrangements. Mary and Josie were clerks in a Clifton bookstore, and Sarah was a stenographer in a Clifton lawyer's office. They were all jolly and thoughtless and very fond of one another. This will be the first New Year's I have ever spent away from home, sighed Sarah, nibbling chocolate fudge. It does make me so blue to think of it, and not even a holiday. I'll have to go to work just the same. Now, Ida here, she doesn't really need sympathy. She has holidays, a whole fortnight, and nothing to do but enjoy them. Holidays are a dismal thing when you know where to holiday, said Ida mournfully. The time drags horribly, but never mind, girls. I have a plummy bit of news for you. I had a letter from Mother today, and, blessed dear woman, she's sending me a cake. A New Year's cake. A great, big, spicy, mellow, delicious fruit cake. It'll be along tomorrow, and, girls, we'll celebrate when it comes. I've asked everybody in the house up, up to my room for New Year's Eve, and we'll have a royal good time. Oh, splendid, said Mary. There's nothing I like more than a slice of real, countrified, homemade fruit cake where they don't scrimp on eggs or butter or raisins. You'll give me a good piece, won't you, Ida? As much as you can eat, promised Ida. I can warrant Mother's Cake's fruit cake. Yes, we'll have a jamboree. Miss Monroe has promised to come in too. She says she has a weakness for fruit cake. Oh, breathed all the girls. Miss Monroe was their idol, whom they had to be content to worship at a distance as a general thing. She was a clever journalist who worked on a paper and was reputed to be writing a book. The girls felt they were highly privileged to be boarding in the same house and counted that day lost on which they had not received a business-like nod or an absent-minded smile from Miss Monroe. If she ever had time to speak to one of them about the weather, the fortunate one put on airs for a week. And now, to think, she'd actually promised to drop into Ida's room on New Year's Eve and eat fruitcake. There goes that funny little namesake of yours, Ida, said Josie, who was sitting by the window. She seems to be staying in town over the holidays, too. I wonder why. Perhaps she doesn't belong anywhere. She really is a most forlorn-appearing little mortal. There were two Ida Mitchells attending the Clifton Academy. The other Ida was a plain, quiet, pale-faced little girl of 15 who was in the second year. Beyond that, none of the third-year Ida Mitchells set to know anything about her or tried to find out. She must be very poor, said Ida carelessly. She dresses so shabbily and she's always looked so pinched and subdued. She boards in a little house out on Marlborough Road and I pity her if she has to spend her holidays there for a more dismal place I've never seen. I was there once at the trail of a book I had lost. 
going, girls? Well, don't forget tomorrow night. Ida spent the next day decorating her room and watching for the arrival of her cake. It hadn't come by tea time, and she concluded to go down to the express office and investigate. It would be dreadful if that cake didn't turn up in time, with all the girls and Miss Monroe coming. Ida felt that she would be mortified to death. Inquiry at the express office discovered two things. A box had come in for Miss Ida Mitchell Clifton, and said box had been delivered to Miss Ida Mitchell Clifton. One of our clerks said he knew you personally, boarded next door to you, and he'd take it around himself, the manager informed her. There must be some mistake, said Ida in perplexity. I don't know any of the clerks here. Oh, why, there's another Ida Mitchell in town. Can it be possible my cake has gone to her? The manager thought it very possible and offered to send around and see. But Ida said it was on her way home and she would call herself. At the dismal little house on Marlborough Road, she was sent up three flights of stairs to the other Ida Mitchell's small hall bedroom. The other Ida Mitchell opened the door for her. Behind her, on the table, was the cake. Such a fine, big, brown cake, with raisins sticking out all over it. Why, how do you do, Miss Mitchell? exclaimed the other Ida with shy pleasure. Come in. I didn't know you were in town. It's real good of you to come and see me. And just see what I've had sent to me. Isn't it a beauty? I was surprised when it came, and oh, so glad... I was feeling so blue and lonesome, as if I hadn't a friend in the world. I, I, yes, I was crying when that cake came. It has just made the world over for me. Do sit down, and I'll cut you a piece. I'm sure you're as fond of fruit as I am. Ida sat down in a chair, feeling bewildered and awkward. This was a nice predicament. How could she tell the other Ida that the cake didn't belong to her? The poor thing was so delighted. And oh, what a bare, lonely little room. The big, luxurious cake seemed to emphasize the bareness and loneliness. Who, who, who sent it to you? She asked lamely. It must have been Mrs. Henderson, because there is nobody else who would, answered the other Ida. Two years ago, I was going to school in Trenton, and I boarded with her. When I left her to come to Clifton, she told me she would send me a cake for Christmas. Well, I expected the cake last year, and it didn't come. I can't tell you how disappointed I was. You'll think me very childish. But I was so lonely, with no home to go to like the other girls. But she sent it this year, you see? So nice to think that somebody has remembered me at New Year's. It isn't the cake itself. It's the thought behind it. It's just made all the difference in the world. There, just sample it, Miss Mitchell. The other Ida cut a generous slice from the cake and passed it to her guest. Her eyes were shining and her cheeks were flushed. She was really a very sweet-looking little thing, not a bit like her usual pale, timid self. Ida ate the cake slowly. What was she to do? She couldn't tell the other Ida the truth about the cake. But the girls had asked, she had asked in to help eat it that very evening. And Miss Monroe... Oh dear, it was too bad. But it couldn't be helped. She wouldn't blot out that light in the other Ida's face for anything. Of course, she would find out the truth in time, probably after she'd written to thank Mrs. Henderson for the cake. But, meanwhile, 
she would have enjoyed the cake and the supposed kindness of it would tide her over her New Year loneliness. It's delicious, said Ida heartily, swallowing her own disappointment with the cake. I'm, I'm glad I happened to drop in as I was passing. Ida hoped the speech didn't come under the head of a fib. So am I, said the other Ida brightly. I've been so lonesome and downhearted this week. I am so alone, you see. There isn't anybody to care. Father died three years ago, and I don't remember my mother at all. There's nobody but myself, and it's dreadfully lonely at, at times. When the academy is open and I have my lessons to study, I don't mind so much. But the holidays take all the courage out of me. We should have frat fraternized more this week, smiled Ida, regretting that she hadn't thought of it before. I couldn't go home because of the measles, and I've moped a lot. We might have spent the time together and had a really nice, jolly holiday. The other Ida blushed with delight. I'd love to be friends with you. I've often thought I'd like to know you. Isn't it odd that we have the same name? It's so nice of you to come and see me. I'd, I'd love to have you come often. I will, said Ida heartily. Perhaps you will stay the evening, suggested the other Ida. I've asked some of the girls who board here in to have some cake. I'm so glad to be able to give them something. They've all been so good to me. They're all clerks in stores and some of them are so tired and lonely. It's so nice to have a pleasure to share with them. Won't you stay? I'd like to, laughed Ida. But I have some guests of my own invited in for tonight. I must hurry home but they will most surely be waiting for me. She laughed again as she thought what else the guests would be waiting for, but her face was sober enough as she walked home. But I'm glad I left the cake with her, she said. Resolutely. Res Poor little thing, it means so much to her. It meant only a good feed, as Josie says, to me. I'm simply going to make it my business next term to be good friends with the other Ida Mitchell. I'm afraid we third-year girls are very self-centered and selfish. I know what I'll do. I'll write to Abby Morton in Trenton to send me Mrs. Henderson's address, and I'll write her a letter and ask her not to let Ida know she didn't send the cake. Ida went to a confectionery store and invested in what Josie Pyle was wont to call ready-to-wear eatables, fancy cakes, fruit and candies. When she reached her room, she found it full of expectant girls, with Miss Monroe enthroned in the midst of them. Miss Monroe in a wonderful evening dress of black lace and yellow silk, with roses in her hair and pearls on her neck, all done in honor of Ida's little celebration. I won't say that just for a moment, Ida didn't regret that she had given up her cake. Good evening, Miss Mitchell cried Mary Craig gaily. Walk right in and make yourself at home in your own room. We all met in the hall and knocked and knocked. Finally, Miss Monroe came, so we made bold to walk right in. Where is the only and original fruitcake, Ida? My mouth has been watering all day. The other, Ida Mitchell, is probably entertaining her friends at the moment with my fruitcake, said Ida with a little laugh, and she told the whole story. I'm so sorry to disappoint you, she concluded, but I simply couldn't tell that poor, lonely child the cake wasn't intended for. I've brought all the goodies home with me that I could buy, and we'll have to do the best we can without the fruitcake. Their best proved to be a very good thing. They had a jolly New Year's Eve, and Miss Monroe sparkled and entertained most brilliantly. 
They kept their celebration up until 12 to welcome the new year in, and then they bade Ida a good night. But Miss Monroe lingered for a moment before the others to say softly, I want to tell you how good and sweet I think it was of you to give up your cake to the other Ida. That little bit of unselfishness was a good guerdon for your new year. And Ida, radiant faced at this praise from her idol, answered heartily, I'm afraid I'm anything but unselfish, Miss Monroe, but I mean to try to be more this coming year, and think a little about the girls outside of my own little set who may be lonely or discouraged. The other Ida Mitchell isn't going to have to depend on the fruitcake alone for comfort and encouragement for the next 12 months. How often do we get caught up in our own circle of friends and activities without paying any mind to others? It's easy to do. Circle of friends and activities gives us a sense of comfort and stability in a rather unstable world. Ida had the heart and grace to leave the other Ida with something that meant the world to her, even if she received it by mistake. There is a lot of warmth and compassion to be experienced outside of our usual circles by simply opening our hearts to others. Thank you for listening to the 10th of the Christmas podcast. The next episode will be Ellen Montgomery's Uncle Richard's New Year's Dinner. The next episode will close out the Christmas edition of Nishal's Narrative in 2022. Find out what's next.